Welcome to the Language 180 Podcast, where we talk about gospel fluency across cultures. My name is Preston, and I'm here with my co-host, James, who is a language coach in South Asia. And together with our guest today, we're going to be talking about some themes found in my book, A Thousand Cups of Tea, The Field Guide. And I think some of these themes are also found in my original book, A Thousand Cups of Tea, Gospel Fluency Across Cultures. This is one of several episodes featuring themes found in the books. Yeah, thank you so much, Preston. Yeah, today we are going to hear from... Uh, one of the language coaches who serves our learners on the field. And and just as we get started, uh, the first question, uh, kind of setting the scene, we know that learners, uh, you know, coming through orientation and going to the field have so much pressure to balance, you know, ministry and language study. Um, so we've heard this phrase, you want to glitter your language with the gospel, glitter it with the gospel. What does that phrase mean to you as a language coach? Well, thanks for inviting me to share with y'all. 28 years ago, when I began learning language, the focus was squarely on language learning first and foremost. But so many of us were frustrated by the lack of ability to share the gospel and how long it was taking to get to that point. So glitter with the gospel was one of the phrases that really caught my attention. Now, if you've ever worked with children or had children, you probably had some experience with glitter. And once you open that cap, there's no putting it back. You may have wanted to put it on this one spot on the piece of paper, but by the time you're done, glitter is everywhere. It's on your hands and your clothes and the table and the floor. The gospel is the glitter. And what you're putting it on is your conversation. So the first thing you have to be able to do is hold a conversation. Conversing with nationals is absolutely the best thing you can do for your language learning. We begin by building basic vocabulary and learning the things that our neighbors talk about, not what we would talk about. And the basic flow of give and take in everyday conversations, which may be very different from the way we hold a conversation. Just talk about everyday things, everyday life, and then glitter it with the gospel. And then to get the glitter, start with reading a simple gospel passage in the target language and coming away with one simple truth that God has shown you. Then go out to glitter your conversation with that gospel truth that day. Don't let your perceived lack of language ability become a barrier. It's something we can all do very soon that brings great joy. And when rumors of COVID began filtering out to our country weeks before it actually arrived, I went to the pharmacy for a prescription. And while I was waiting on the medicine, in quick succession, three different people came in looking for face masks, but they were already completely sold out. As they left, I continued talking to the pharmacist, marveling at how afraid people were, and she confirmed that. I shared that I had read that morning John's message to repent, the kingdom of God is near. Just that one gospel truth was enough to open the door to more conversations with her every time I went back. It may not be a whole gospel, but use whatever language you have, a glitter of gospel truth that you can build on in people's lives. And God can take that one simple truth and multiply it 
just like real glitter gets on everything and sparkles. In that way, you're sharing gospel content very early, very often. Another way to do that is we see God's glory, his working in some way in our own lives. And we testify to how that's played out. A couple of years ago, when it became apparent that our grandson would be born with a serious congenital issue, God gave me Isaiah 29, 23. For when he sees his children, the work of my hands within his nation, they will honor my name, they will honor the Holy One of Jacob and stand in awe of the God of Israel. That wasn't an assurance that everything was going to be all right or even that the baby would live but that no matter what happened, we would be able to stand in awe of God. And we were able to testify to that using that one truth again and again. That's glittering the gospel. It doesn't mean we're not constantly trying to be able to share more fully, but we start where we are and throw out some glitter. And those little truths you can share in the beginning will be part of the bigger truths you're able to share later. You know, the example that you gave from Isaiah 29, 23 and your grandson is honestly so, so inspiring to hear. And just hearing you describe that testimony and even just the the testimony at the pharmacy encounter, um, we can do those things um, as we're learning the language. And I think a lot of learners might yeah, well, they'll they'll be inspired to hear this, but also probably wondering how how do I get there? How do I get to the point where I feel like you know I'm able to do that more and more often? Uh, one of the things that you were referring to was was gospel stories, simple, familiar gospel stories. How how have you been able to um, use those and maybe coach others to to develop a repertoire or uh, the ability to to learn? simple, familiar gospel stories and, and literally glitter their conversations with those stories? Well, while we were still in the very early stages of language learning and feeling just wildly unprepared to share the gospel, we were asked to do a Bible study in someone's home to fan the flame of a dying church with just three people left. Fortunately, we'd been introduced to using Bible stories, which was rare at that time. But my husband wasn't very confident in his language ability, so every Bible story was copied and pasted on index cards. He could slip in his Bible for crib notes if he couldn't quite tell it. But after one year of the practice of reading and listening to the Bible passage, studying it, meditating on it, crafting and sharing the stories in the target language, we made incredible leaps and bounds in the language. And it pushed us to this place of comfort in sharing the stories with everyone we met. And not only that, it reaped the fruit of several new believers and a core group that formed the nucleus of a growing missional church. And it was a beautiful thing to see, all from simple gospel stories. And they're kind of like these facets of a diamond. Each gospel story shows a slightly different facet 
of a life-changing encounter with Jesus that different people can readily identify with. The stories demonstrate his invitation to come and show us the people who responded in faith and followed him. There's nothing more powerful. So when you talk about simple gospel stories and the the facets like um, like a you know a jewel or a diamond, that's really helpful to kind of get our heads around what it looks like to be doing that. But telling stories is more than just telling stories. It's actually um, a part of a, a of a conversation. So can you talk to us a little bit about what that looks like for you? Well, discourse is just a fancy word for the ebb and flow of conversation or dialogue. But it's that basic ability to hold a conversation with our neighbors that leads us past just sharing one simple truth or that sparkle of glitter to sharing a simple gospel story and then being able to respond to questions and dialogue about the story, which is a whole nother thing. You know, we can start with a collection of memorized words and phrases, but very soon we need to begin creating with the language and building our own sentences and paragraphs. We need to continually expand our topics into new territory, describing everything around us, telling our own stories and explaining lots of things in all different time frames. And all of this leads to the ability to have deep, meaningful discussions with the people. And, I, you know, I, I just love the definition of gospel fluency that says it's the practice of discourse fluency using redemptive content. And that's really what it's all about. Wow, these uh, these things I'm making notes, they're so practical. And I really, I mean, I'm going to share a lot of these elements uh, that you and Preston have been discussing about discourse and all these different parts of conversation uh, with my learners. Uh, but um, just if we could get like down to some nuts and bolts for one minute, like could you like in a, a minute or two give an example of a way that you would craft a, a gospel story for maybe new learners or, or learners who are just getting these different discourse parts of speech down? Sure. Um, now, a lot of times our learners come in and want to start at the beginning of a story set, but I would encourage you to start with a very short, simple story from the gospel, those encounters with Jesus. And a lot of learners want to start by reading the story and writing it out in their own words. But I would challenge you to start with the audio versions, if they're available in your language, and listen, listen, listen. Just use all your senses and visualize the story as you listen, the sound, the smell of it. And then just tell it again and again and record it and keep improving. Work with helpers and national partners for how they would say things and practice with anybody willing to listen and then go out in the community and share. 
And I know for visually oriented learners like me, and like most of us are, it can be really counterintuitive to learn something that way. When I started learning stories, my husband says he could see my eyes reading the words across the page in my mind as I supposedly told the story. But if I ever lost the thread, I was stuck. At first, I didn't think I could do it any other way, but I could, and so can anybody. That's really, really powerful, just the ability to, you know, go deep with the gospel and be flexible in the different conversations that our learners and we find ourselves in uh, on the field. So maybe just as we as we come to the end, getting another more practical handle for our new learners, if you were to share like one principle of language learning that, that you have uh, used that has helped you learn to share the gospel, what would that be? What would you share with new learners? Wittywig. It's a phrase coined by Lana Dickerson, and it's just one of those things that's fun to say. Wittywig. It stands for what you do is what you get, and it can be applied both positively and negatively. Um, at FPO, we sat behind a colleague who opened his briefcase and set up his Bible behind it to read in the target language all during orientation every single day. He was going to teach in the seminary, so that's the way he planned to learn the language and continued with that practice all through language school. So what do you think happened? Maybe not the results he wanted. Yep. He learned to read the language. He never learned to speak the language, and they ended up leaving after one term. What you do is what you get. He read, so he learned to read. Do you spend most of your time doing written exercises? You'll learn to do written exercises. Do you spend most of your time with flashcards? You're going to learn lots of vocabulary words, but you may not understand how to put them together in a sentence. We started out trying to memorize stories because we lacked confidence in the language. But we found that as we memorized a new story, we forgot the old one. We weren't using the language to craft the story so we could tell it on our own. So they were gone as soon as we put another one in its place. Not only that, we were often totally unprepared for the responses to questions during our discussion time because it wasn't part of what we were doing. What we did is memorize stories and what we got were soon forgotten stories that we couldn't understand the responses to. But then we turned it around and started doing what we wanted to get. We began working with helpers to craft the story and internalize it so we could tell the story in our own words. We learned to practice the questions and responses with helpers and national partners. And that way, we got a chance to hear natural cultural responses we might be likely to hear from our own group and be prepared for them. We also, from time to time, got unexpected questions from our helpers things we might be likely to hear from others as well. 
and can't possibly cover every eventuality, but you can cover a lot. And we were able to go deeper and deeper in dialogue each time. And it was this back and forth with helpers and national partners that was so valuable. We were finally doing what we needed to, to get what we wanted and not be tied to some memorized presentation. Yeah, these are just like gold nuggets for us to hear uh, from you. Yeah, thank you so much for talking with us about these so important language learning themes of of glittering our language with the gospel as we learn it and of, of being able to tell and converse simple familiar gospel stories and of this principle of wittywig. I mean, these are so important for us to be thinking about. And, um, and you know, these, these themes uh, are not just found in a thousand cups of tea field guide, but they're a part of, of your life and, and your ministry and your coaching. And I'm so thankful for the chance that we have had to be able to hear this from you. Thanks for being a part of, of this podcast episode with us. Well, thank you so much for just allowing me to share with y'all today. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, thank you for joining us today on the Language 180 podcast. Join us again as we continue to talk about these themes and others as we pursue gospel fluency across cultures.